The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to The Gift with Robert Pruitt. This hour will motivate you to understand your significance and live your vision. It's a weekly discussion of a variety of topics designed to help you create a loving world through acts of service and more. Now, here is your host, Robert Pruitt. Hello and welcome to The Gift. Uh, This is a, a show for me that I think speaks to, I think speaks to my heart, but certainly is a topic that has come up in a number of trainings that I've conducted uh, or just opportunities to speak with high schoolers, those in college, parents, educators, police officers, um, minister or clergy. Um, It's amazing how we generate excuses uh, to talk ourselves out of either taking life on, honoring a commitment, um, I guess, if you will, doing something that would be out of our comfort zone. I remember one of the biggest excuses I had for not riding roller coasters was um, in 1976, I went to a conference, and a bunch of us, including my mother, went to Six Flags in Atlanta, and I, I think they have a roller coaster there called the, it's either the Screaming Eagle or the Eagle. And it was, you know, one of the biggest wooden roller coasters. And I rode it, you know, repeatedly, no problem. And then my mom and I got on what's called a parachute ride. And it was about, I don't know, 250-foot drop. And they don't drop you that whole way. But, you know, they take you up to the top slowly. And it's this wonderful panoramic view. And we had never been on it. And nor nor did we watch it. So, you know, we thought it was this rather mundane, you know, the equivalent of a carousel ride that just took you up so that you could see around the park. And then it took us up to the top and locked, and then it kind of moved us out to the front, and we looked at each other and like, okay, and then it dropped. Well, when it dropped, the gate opened. And, you know, I don't know, I guess I was 11 at that time, 76 born, so maybe 9 and uh, I just knew it scared the mess out of me, the initial job. But what I did not realize until we got to the ground was that my mother had her right arm locking me in and her left arm holding the gate, which was still open. And I don't mean cracked. I don't mean ajar. I mean wide open. For some reason, the pin that goes down that locks the gate to the seat wasn't there. And uh, that paranoia... She was. It took 20 minutes to get her off that ride. Well, that was a situation where I immediately interpreted the look on her face, uh, or let's put it this way, the message I created was, I am not to be at an amusement park. I'm not to be on any rides like this. So I internalized that, and it became my excuse for not riding roller coasters, you know, 
long after that. And I remember we got into when I got into high school, um, a bunch of friends wanted to get on the Rebel Yell at King's Dominion in, down in Richmond, Virginia. And uh, I made up all kinds of excuses. Finally, I got on the ride. But what mattered or what I remember most wasn't enjoying the ride because actually I rode the roller coaster, I think, a couple of times. It wasn't that I you know, had an enjoyable time or that I had conquered a fear or created a new relationship with fear. What I held on to was the belief that I should not be riding these, and if I do ride them, that I should not enjoy them because somewhere in here I'm going to die or I'm going to come close to dying just like back in 1976. And it became, that fear became a truth and a habitual pattern of behavior. Incredible. So uh, in the most recent conversation, I remember having this with uh, a bunch of my friends that are with the National Student Leadership Conference that, as you all know, is my sponsor. Uh, We were talking about me wanting to ride the Superman roller coaster. I live in Maryland, and we have a Six Flags here. And about two years ago, I finally got on this roller coaster. Now, mind you, this was after a year of walking under this thing and analyzing it, That's because that's what I do when I'm in a fear-based moment. I sit back and I analyze and I judge it, and it, it makes it look like I'm doing something productive, but what I'm doing is <laughs> I'm creating the excuse that in time... I won't need to do this, so why embark on it now? And so I looked at that first hill, and one of the one of the biggest things that came up for me was how I noticed very few people screamed or cheered when they went down that first hill. And, of course, that just took me back to 76, and I was like, okay, why would I get on a roller coaster where no one else is enjoying it? Again, my excuse was no need to ride it because nobody else is enjoying it, so why should I get on a roller coaster and prove prove myself right in that I won't enjoy it too. And so finally I got on it. I rode it several times, had a great time. And then uh, in the fall, a few months ago, I rode King Dakar, which is the world's tallest and fastest roller coaster. And whether you're a roller coaster enthusiast or not, uh, you can go on Google. Matter of fact, I think somebody just sent me, a friend Keith sent me something. I think Time Magazine or CNN was doing 10 best roller coasters. And in the world, King Dakar is number one. Why? Because it is a 52-second ride that takes you in three and a half seconds from zero miles per hour to 128 miles per hour. And then it takes you straight up 90 degrees, 454 feet, and what goes up must come down. And I remember thinking, wherever that roller coaster is, I didn't know I was going to that park the next day. I watched it on TV on Discovery Channel, and I said, wherever in the world that is, I'm going to ride that one day. And only to go to the amusement park where it was. Jumped in line, no fear, no conversation about, oh, I can't do this. There were no excuses. And then a gentleman in line just before I stepped on the ride, said, have you ever ridden this? And I said, no. And he turned to his little son and looked at me and said, man, this will put your heart right up in your throat. And for a moment I got nervous. And I don't know that an excuse came up, but the thought that came into play was that was his experience. And then I settled down, I got into the ride, put my arms up, because anytime I, I surrender to something, you know, I can ride it with my hands up, and that's just metaphorical for life. And uh, so I jumped in. It took us, you know, down this track, lightning speed, hands up the whole way. And uh, one of my friends from 
uh, elementary school, Saul Corbin, was riding it with me. And he said, Rob, all I heard you say the whole way was, wee, wee. And he said it was great because it was like, you know, here's this cat that wasn't even riding Superman roller coaster, which has a 209-foot drop. This one has a 454-foot lift at 128 miles per hour, and then you come back down 458 feet. And so, you know, I only share that to say it is amazing how we can take thoughts and turn them into truths, thoughts that float through our minds like clouds and make them rigid and hard, fast truths like mountains that can serve as an obstacle to the things that we want to have in our life, whether it is to experience euphoria or to experience freedom and peace or if it's to experience love or for some people they generate excuses so that they don't have to travel out of the country. You know, maybe you're listening and your excuse at some point in your life has been, if I get in an airplane, you know, I'll be the one in the plane that will crash or, you know, I don't want to travel far away from from home. I know for a lot of the youth that I work with, particularly those that come through NSLC or the National Student Leadership Conference, you know, we have a lot of students that have uh, are attending our programs for the first time away from home. And away from home for some of them is traveling across the country or from the Midwest uh, if the programming is on the East Coast. And uh, they had to surrender their excuses in order to do that. And so I just want to focus this show, you know, I call it excuses, excuses, excuses. And the reason that I have three of them is because if we turn our attention to The Wizard of Oz, which is by far, you know, my greatest story or, you know, is by far one of the stories for which I've derived a lot of meaning, uh, the Three excuses in the title of this show represent three primary excuses that Dorothy created. Number one, the excuse that she is not smart enough or intelligent enough. Number two, the excuse that she's not worthy of love or lovable. And number three, the excuse that she's not strong, which she equates to uh, being wise. And so, or if you will, being courageous. And so, Perhaps we will address some of those in some way. I know uh, after we come back from break, I'm going to share some of the excuses that friends and family have posted to Facebook. And uh, you know, I, I invite you to either send an email, robert at robertpruitt.com, and let me know what some of your excuses are. Uh, I will share mine. But my hope is that we will do more than just create an awareness of the excuses but that we will create a commitment to surrendering the excuses because there's something extraordinary on the other side of the excuses. And for me, in The Wizard of Oz, those three primary characters, and this is my interpretation of The Wizard of Oz, the scarecrow that represented her intellect or her cognitive abilities, the ten woodsmen that represented feeling or the affective component of Dorothy, her ability to empathize and to feel, and emote. Um, and then, of course, the cowardly lion, which represented the behavioral aspect. What does it mean to be courageous? Well, it doesn't mean strong. Courage is about wisdom, and it's about being able to discern what you should or should not do given the moment in which you find yourself. And the gift is all about 
sharing ourselves with other people. And sometimes we have unwisely shared ourselves. I know I've been in that situation and participated in and created unhealthy relationships because one of my negative self-talk conversations was I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough. Or if I tap it into Dorothy, I'm not lovable enough. So I gave my worth away to anybody, if you will, uh, particularly in my relationships with women. I gave it away with great frequency so that I could have that external reinforcement that would validate me. The thing is, much the way Dorothy found for me at the end of the show or end of the movie, is everything she needed was inside of her. That, for me, is what the clicking the heels is about. She did not need to have the Wizard of Oz give her anything. Uh, Perhaps feedback, yes, we can get that externally from our environment that can shape how we see ourselves. But she didn't need somebody to give her something in order for her to be significant. And our excuses, when they become habitual, diminish our worth. It diminishes our value, and it hinders our self-esteem. So when our esteem or the thoughts that we have about ourselves are negative, then we don't place value on ourselves. When we don't place value on ourselves, then we don't demand and require of the world to see us as worth something. And when that happens, then we can find ourselves in a bleak, dull, dismal Kansas where we are repeating habitual cycles that can be unhealthy, that can be um, damaging, not only to us but to the people that we're in relationships. And please understand, when I'm talking about relationships, it's everybody and everything. Because for those of you listening, if you've ever worked on a project at school or on a team project at work, if you are unhealthy, if your relationship with yourself is unhealthy, you will find that you will create unhealthy relationships in those environments. The excuses that we use anywhere, we use everywhere. All we need is the right trigger in our environment for us to tap into, I'm not smart enough, I'm not lovable or likable enough, or I'm not strong or courageous enough, or, if you will, wise enough to choose what is best for me, to choose uh, what is healthy for me. I'm not wise enough to know when to speak my peace and when to hold it. So on the other side of the break, I'm going to share with you what people have been so wonderful and kind enough to uh, share with me, if you will. These are their their excuses, your excuses, and they come from all around the world. Let's see what they have to say. You're listening to The Gift right here on Voice America. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Who steps up following natural disasters to help those in need? It could be you. It should be you. It's time for you to step up and be the answer. It's time for you to become a student disaster relief volunteer with the National Relief Network. The National Relief Network helps student groups all across the country to bring aid to families who are struggling to rebuild their lives. Show the world what our generation stands for. Contact the National Relief Network. Call 866-2-VOLUNTEER. That's 866 866- 
to volunteer or visit their website at nrn.org. You can help those in need. Gifts are made to be given away. Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. Log on to robertpruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit robertpruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752. 800-994-6752. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to The Gift. Welcome back to The Gift. Excuses, excuses, excuses. I, um, I contemplated an excuse that if I had followed that train of thought, because that's what an excuse is. It's something that we make up in our heads, and then we, if we allow it to uh, settle in and have permanent residency, then we act on those permanent thoughts uh, as though they're true. Um, but I had a, uh, an excuse that popped up that almost prevented me from having the show. And let me be real clear, uh, this show, this conversation about serving others, it really is my hope to bring an awareness to the National Student Leadership Conference because I'm clear that they offer some extraordinary opportunities for growth for high schoolers. I mean, there's just no other way around it. And actually for the young adults that facilitate their learning, there is a an incredible opportunity for growth there as well. I mean, we, we've had people that have served as staff that have worked on the set of Survivor. Uh, one of my friends who is listening now, and she gave one of her excuses that I'll read momentarily. Uh, she works in Hollywood um, and, and is an entertainer. Um, you know, it's just incredible, incredible wealth of experience and talent. But that experience or those experiences, our talent, skills, and abilities are for not when we use excuses because what we've done then is we've trained ourselves to sabotage our lives. And when we've been given talent, you know, biblically, it is a shame to bury those talents. And excuses are what we bury our talents in 
versus allowing the talents to shine. And I know there have been times where I've used excuses to hide my limitations. And so the excuse I had was I don't have the money to pay for this show um, because I wanted the National Relief Network to get exposure because they do travel the nation um, helping families and communities that have been victimized or experienced natural disasters like floods and hurricanes. And and so in order to give them a different platform for their name to be heard, I needed to move past the excuse that I don't have the money. And as soon as that thought came up, the next thought that came up, because I didn't make it a truth, I just allowed it to be a thought, was, hold up. The thought is, I don't have enough money. Is that true? Well, what's true is I didn't have the money that was required in my pocket. Very good. The next thought was, but do you have access to relationships? Because where there are relationships, there's access to what you need. And so I got on the phone and made you know, two calls. One of them was to Rick Duffy, who is the head of and owner of the National Student Leadership Conference. And the other one is to my friend Scott, who is Scott Harding, who is the president, founder, and CEO of National Relief Network, and without hesitation, they said, yes, it would be fun, Robert, to support you in this endeavor. So my point is, had I made that excuse or the excuse I don't have enough money a truth, I wouldn't be speaking to you in this moment. And so let's take a look at what some of you have said. I love this one. This comes from my pastor, Chris Owens. He said, well, how about what if I fail? So these are excuses that I'm reading that are posted on Facebook, and you can hit me up now and post some more if you'd like. Uh, Pastor Chris also has, I don't have time. I'd love to, but I can't. How about this one? That's too risky. Uh, Richard sent one that said, how about what if she says no? Oh, man, I remember... (laughs) I remember going back to elementary school. Now, you got to go way back. This was when... Parliament Funkadelic was on top of the charts with Flashlight, and Cameo was on top. You know, there were no synthesizers at this time. This is when you had bands that had 10 and 20 people in it. Um, And we were doing dances like The Freak and The Rock and The Bump. Uh, This was way back from when Michael Jackson was doing The Robot. And, and, uh, And we'd always have the boys on one side of the room and the girls on the other. And the big question was, who was going to start this party? And there was nothing worse than thinking about walking over, asking a young lady to dance, she would say no, and then you had to turn around and walk all the way back. So my, my man Richard, I hear you when you say, what if she says no? Misha, this is what Misha Warren says, I already knew, I already knew the outcome. Uh, that's a waste of time. That's a good one. Uh, I am just too busy for that. Uh, let's try this one. Uh, what? I wasn't paying attention. I like that one. That's called, I call that one dumbing up. That's where if you stall long enough, your excuses, oh, well, I wasn't paying attention, so it's too late for me to take action on that. Uh, Thomas says it's not something I see myself doing. Could be an excuse or it could just be that that is factual for you. If, it's not, you know, if it doesn't honor you, then you don't need to see yourself doing it. I don't see myself jumping out of a plane just for the fun of it. Now, if my plane is going down and there's a parachute, okay, that's a risk I'm willing to take. But I don't see myself rock climbing. And if I did, I certainly would not do it without climbing apparel. Um, Sean says, uh, that's not my job. I was never told to do it. I don't care. 
Uh, I don't think I can do it. Solomon put in here, uh, okay, uh, just a bit later on. I like that one because that's right up there with if I can delay long enough, then what I can say is I was so busy that I could not make that a top priority or give it the time or attention it needs. Please understand when we generate excuses, boy, that deceptive intelligence or that ego is masterful at coming up with excuses that really sound good to us. Because if it really sounds good to us, then we can present it easier. If we know we're lying and we feel that way, it's gonna, we may hesitate when it comes to presenting it to other people. Um, let's go with I'll do it later. John wrote, um, I won't be able to. What will people think? Let's, let's talk about that one for a moment. That one is linked to how will I handle criticism? If people judge me in a way that is harsh, if people judge me in a way that is unfair and inaccurate even, will I be able to stand in who I am? And that, for me, coincides with wisdom. That's that piece, the cowardly lion piece. You know, so we'll come out and roar or give our excuse so that people leave us alone, and then we can always call ourselves the king or queen of the jungle and never really have to test it. But you can't have, as, as we say um, you know, in a Christian circle, you cannot have a testimony without having a test. And so maybe you get to deal with what people think so that you can find out just how strong you are, just how resilient you are, particularly in a service context. I know when I've gone into communities to serve, uh, I've worked with you know, kids as young as seven years old, and I had a seven- or eight-year-old look at me and go, okay, well, how do we know you're going to be back tomorrow? You know, you're just coming in here because you want to do something to make yourself feel better. And then, and then when you're feeling really good, you're just going to leave. And I had to stop and, and really sit with that um, to see if any of that really was accurate or if it was just their perception because they've had people come in to their lives. So please be clear that in our attempt to serve people, we are going to get feedback. Um, and sometimes that feedback is going to be unpleasant. But, yes, what will people think? Here's the bigger question. What do you think about you? That's a great question for you to contemplate. Let me continue on. John has, no one cares about me. See, there's the lovable piece. That's that Dorothy, I'm not lovable enough. There's your Ken Woodsman experience. Caring is an emotion piece. It emotes a sense of connectedness and longing. That's what it means to experience your feelings. Um, because feelings are connected to other experiences and particularly people. Uh, let me take a look at, oh, D, I got you, D. Uh, no one will notice. It's not that serious. Isn't that a good one? Uh, some of you, I wonder if you have friends or if you yourself haven't contributed to, you know, for example, uh, any of the relief efforts for Haiti because, well, it's not that serious or, you know, it doesn't really involve me. That's not my situation, not my experience. I like this one, D. It's impossible <laughs> and then maybe some other time well, you know, I'll get around to it you know maybe some other time I'll, I'll own my significance maybe some other time I'll share the gift that I am with others uh, my boy Brian has it won't work isn't that great 
think about something not working before you even you know, give it an attempt, make an attempt. Not enough time. Isn't that a wonderful consideration to have? There's not enough time. Time is what it is. The question is, what are you doing with time, and how do you perceive time? And the wonderful challenge about these excuses is that not only can they set us up to sabotage, but on the flip side of the excuse, is it is a wonderful mirror that allows you to take a look at what perhaps needs healing, attention, or correction in your life. What does the excuse mask? Does it mask an insecurity? Does it mask a limitation? Does it mask a lie that you think you are better than or less than other people? Does it mask your conversation about your attractiveness or about your worth? Every excuse you generate, forget what it does for your external relationships. It is doing something for your internal relationship. And the more you begin to trust excuses, the less you will trust yourself in the world. So when you go into a new situation, you will generate an excuse for every situation that you think is not worth it. It's not going to make a difference. I'll do it a little later on. It's not my job. It's not something I care about. It's not something I see myself doing. When those thoughts come up, take a look at them and ask, what's really behind this? Or said differently, what is my fear? And fear can be an acronym that stands for false evidence assumed to be real. So what is the false evidence that you assume, you assume is real? What are you making up and then acting on it as though it were true? When we come back from this break, we're going to talk about what I call the four A's, because I want to give you a process that perhaps you can move through in your life when the excuses come up, um, because your service is critical. There is somebody who needs you to move past your excuses so that they can see their Kansas can be bright and full of possibility. You're listening to The Gift right here on Voice America. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. The National Student Leadership Conference proudly sponsors The Gift. From our career-focused leadership conferences to our alumni service program, the National Student Leadership Conference is committed to preparing today's exceptional high school students to serve their communities and the world. For more information on our career-focused leadership programs offered in 15 different career areas, visit nslcleaders.org or call 800-994-6752. 800-994-6752. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. Gifts are made to be given away. 
Give the gift of service to transform this world into a healthier, more loving place. Log on to robertpruitt.com, a motivational speaking and leadership training company to help awaken your leadership gifts. Join other committed individuals and groups to continue the work of teachers like Jesus, Mother Teresa, and His Holiness the Dalai Lama and Gandhi. You are the gift that is needed to turn a vision into reality or to ignite a burning passion in others. Visit robertpruitt.com. Add your gifts of life and love to the world because you were made to share yourself with others. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to The Gift with host Robert Pruitt. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Robert at robertpruitt.com. Now, back to the gift. So what are your excuses? What are the things that you say to yourself that talk you out of going to a party, that talk you out of forgiving somebody, that talk you out of forgiving yourself? What are the excuses that you generate when you walk into a new and unfamiliar environment? What are the excuses that you generate when you are called to take on a task that is monumental in nature or to take on a responsibility that stretches you and highlights your limitations? What are the excuses that you make for not knowing who you are and what you have to offer? What are the excuses that you generate for not knowing what a talent is or a skill is or an ability is? Are your excuses, are I'm too young or I'm too old? Are your excuses, you know, that I'm heterosexual or homosexual? Are your excuses that I'm atheist or agnostic or that I'm Christian or, or that I'm Jewish? Are your excuses, are I'm too overweight or I'm underweight? Are your excuses are, well, they always tease me back in the day? Or do you have excuses like, well, they'll only promote somebody else to that position? I'm too black, I'm too Latino, I'm too Asian. Are your excuses centered around acne or wearing braces or glasses? Are your excuses centered around whether you wear Ambercombe and Fitch or whether you shop at the Salvation Army? Are your excuses are, I have way too much on my plate, or that I don't want to put too much on my plate for fear of not being able to honor it? What are the excuses that prohibit, prevent, discourage you from sharing the gifts you've been given? Please make no mistake about this. You did not create your gifts. Sorry. So I don't care how well you DJ, I don't care how well you play lacrosse, I don't care how well you understand Shakespeare, I don't care how well you've done on geography bees or spelling bees, I don't care how well 
how proficient you are in math or dealing with mechanics or whether you love astronomy. It does not mean you did not create the interest. You did not create the talent, skill, ability, or experience. To whom much is given, much is required. There is something that you have that somebody needs, so as you journey down your yellow brick road, you can serve them as you continue to move to the place that you're destined to be. But when your excuses come into play, that's when we can pull up at a traffic light knowing full well we've got nickels, dimes, quarters, and pennies in that ashtray in front of us. And that man or woman with the sign that says, we'll work for food or please help, we turn up the radio, roll up the window, and then we look away so that we don't have to, what, be in relationship? All because the excuse is, what, that they'll take your money and go buy drugs. They'll take your money and they'll go get into their Lincoln Continental or into their Mercedes-Benz and dry off, drive off, that they'll take your money. Listen to the phrase, if you're nodding your head or this resonates with you, look at the phrasing, that they'll take your money. If it's a gift, they've taken nothing. All they've done is received. And once you give your gift away, it is no longer yours. So how could they take what no longer belongs to you? Excuses. Let me read some more of these, and then I'm going to move into three of the four A's. Um, let's see. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's go with, oh, I love this one. This is for the, the older school folk like myself. Well, you know, I got the kids, dot, dot, dot. Oh, it is wonderful to be able to hide behind having kids. Uh, when I get home, I'm too tired. Isn't that a great way to sabotage you? Um, how about this one? I'm old now. I miss the moment. <laughs> I love it. Uh, let me slide on down to what Bree said. I don't have to. Isn't that just a, a wonderfully arrogant statement? I don't have to. I don't have to show any affection or love. I don't, I don't have to apologize. I don't, I don't have to sweep up. I don't, I don't have to volunteer. I mean, whatever that might apply to. Isn't that just wonderfully rigid think of it say it to yourself i don't have to usually you separate your legs so that you've got a, a wide stance which is a great foundation same kind of foundation you have for if you play football you get down into a three or four point stance it gives you a wide solid base so that it renders you unmovable unshakable that's why that is such a defiant arrogant statement i don't have to let's talk about what michael has Oh, this is what Michael said, and this is a, an acknowledgement for a National Student Leadership Conference. Stage fright was my big one until the NFLC this last summer. So he had, Michael had some excuses around being in front of people, you know, uh, talking about or displaying who he is, but had an opportunity to go through an NFLC experience that shifted that for him doesn't mean the excuses won't come into play, but he's less likely to treat the excuse as a truth and more likely to see it as a thought and know that if his thoughts are imprinted on clouds, he can acknowledge that that's a thought and wait for the next one to come along. So let me, let me, let me put a pen right here and give you three of the four A's. The first one, and they go in this order. The first one is aware, which just means to be conscious of something. So here's Michael talking about he's conscious that there was some fear involved until he went through an experience that we call the NSLC experience that shifted how he related to himself and his world. And as a result of that, he became aware that stage fright isn't something that he has to experience, but rather it's a choice. And here's what I'll tell everybody listening. 
if you have a fear of presenting to other people, whether it's three, thirty, three thousand, or three million, please understand the message that you have to deliver is not about you. Your job is to deliver the message. So put the focus on making sure that the people present get the message, and you will create an intimate relationship with them because your intention will be to make sure they get the message that you've been given to give to them, and that will take the focus off of how do I look, how do I sound. When we focus on how we look and how we sound, that's ego coming into play because ego wants us to look good, be right, be in control. That's why we generate excuses. And, and, and let, me, let me be real clear. Sometimes we generate excuses because we think telling the truth will really hurt somebody. And so we want to make sure that we don't hurt or offend people. So we'll tell the excuse, we'll give the excuse, because it's a little softer than them dealing with perhaps the direct truthful feedback. I'm not here to indict or judge the excuses. I'm inviting you to take a look at what is habitual in your life and bring it to your consciousness or become aware. That's number one. Number two, once you're aware that your excuses, uh, let's see, I'm going to pick one of these. This is from Bree. One of her excuses is uh, <laughs> do it yourself or you first. Once Bree is aware of that, then the next step is to acknowledge it, which means to admit that the thought is real, meaning that you are really giving some time and energy to these excuses. It's not my fault. I'm not good enough. Someone else will do it anyway. This is what Adam has. What's the point? If these are the excuses, you get to be aware of them, and then you get to acknowledge them, which means, again, to admit to be real or to recognize the existence of the thought. Not the truth, just the existence of the thought. So awareness is step number one or to be aware. The second one is to acknowledge. The third one is to accept, which means to reconcile oneself to the fact that these thoughts are in existence and they are habitual in nature. What I mean by habitual is you don't even have to think about them. Think of the excuses that come out so fast. That you don't, if you feel threatened by something somebody has asked you to do and the excuse rolls out, it is habitual. It is unconscious because 